Hey guys, hey. it's Joy and Brandon. Uh, and before we get to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, we want to tell you about Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people. So if you're living an overall healthy lifestyle, you have a 60% lower risk of mortality than someone who isn't. So whether you're a runner or a cyclist, mm. Or a vegan. Shout out snacks. Shout out snacks. Uh, you name it, Health IQ rewards you by saving you money on your life insurance. So more than half of Health IQ customers save between four and thirty-three percent, and these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. To learn more, to see if you qualify, get your free quote at healthiq.com/slash/crazy, or mention promo code crazy when you talk to Health IQ agents. Now let's get back to the show. Hey guys, another bonus live hang edition of the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast with D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> we talk Kirk Cousins, Des Bryant, Odell, and a bunch of other stuff. So enjoy. Live hangs. Angelo Hall joins us. Thanks so much for joining oh, us. No problem. Thanks for having me. You got the you got the live hang look down because you come straight from the studio, but you, you know you, you got the got the kicks on. You gotta be comfortable. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm wearing my, my fake comfortable. <laughs> no, I'm usually in the in the sneakers as well. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for being in today. We were in yesterday on Undisputed, and uh, we discussed a lot of things, uh, including Kirk Cousins. Uh, we're gonna take some questions with D'Angelo in a little bit, so put them in the comment section. Of course, we'll do the emoji game, which y'all got some practice on because uh, Heller was roasting Brandon Newman a little earlier, and vice versa. Um, so, Kirk Cousins, he's gonna make a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. which I'm here for. I think Kirk should get all the money because um, he did a good job, and the Redskins bet against him. I don't know if you agree with that, I but don't, I feel but like they did. You know. They could have handled the situation a little differently, and they wouldn't have to pay so much for him, and they wouldn't have him now. But uh, you felt like the commitment wasn't there with Kirk. Do you think that affected his play this season? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, Kirk was always a guy who prepared harder than anybody else. Um, you know, he was a guy who wasn't blessed with all the physical tools, so he worked his butt off, you know. And and so from from the moment he got there, he – he used that classroom as a tool to kind of grow as a, you know, as a player. And, um, you know, this past season didn't change. You know, you never saw a disgruntled Kirk, you know, he, he, he kept all that stuff kind of separate from, you know, him in the locker room. And so we never saw that side of Kirk. I just always felt like, you know, when two people love each other, (laughs) somehow you'll find a way to make it work. And for some reason, whether it was the organization's fault or it was Kirk's fault, we just couldn't get, we just couldn't make it work. We just somehow couldn't get both parties to agree on a number and and knowing that number wasn't a sign of disrespect saying, hey, we're going to give you $25 million and we're going to go burn the other $5 million and we're going to use the other $5 million to put some other pieces and weapons around you. And I totally understand where Kirk's coming from because I was a young guy in this league or a guy who was chasing the money and so, you know, I can I can see both sides, but at the same time, I feel like Kirk is smart enough and understands football enough to know that he can't do it by himself. No one can do it by himself. Not just saying him, but you know, no one player can win a game. Um, and so I felt like he would be smart enough to see the big picture and understand what we were trying to build. So it sounds kind of like you feel like. Kirk was going off to the money. I feel like he was, and I'm interested to see where he ends up at because I think he a, he I've heard Jets. I've heard certain. Well, that that would be going after the money because we all know that the Jets are not that good of a Jets football are bad. team. Yeah, say it. yeah, Jets are not a good yeah. Football team. Jets Jets have a long way to go, and if you're leaving us saying we don't have 
the things you need to succeed, then we know you're definitely going after the money because the Jets are a long way away. Do you have a problem with him going after the money? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Every every individual, you know, in the league has to figure out what's important to them. For a long time, for me, it was the money. It was Pro Bowls. We always used to saying, go across the water. Everybody wanted to go across the water to the Pro Bowl. Um, it's since lost its luster, the Pro Bowl. Um, so guys aren't really, you know, motivated by that. Right. But, um, you know, so I was a guy who chased the money. And over the years, I've I've grown. I've matured. I, I've, I understand that no matter what I do individually, ultimately it comes down to the team, that legacy. It's the reason in the NBA guys are teaming up to win championships because at the end of the day, what's the difference between, you know, I, I guess I'm going to go back to when – when Golden State did. What's the difference between making $17 million and 15.5? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, $17 million and 15.5, if that little bit of money is going to change versus your lifestyle, winning. you don't go broke anyway. Yeah, versus winning. But what's the difference between 25 and 30? Uh, when you're making 25. More than 15.5. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's $5 million. It's more. That's two and a half, you know? But. Ultimately, it's not that big of a difference when you're making that kind of money. Right, right. You know, you can make that elsewhere. To somebody else. I don't like counting people's money. And, um, and, and I don't either. And that's why I don't blame him at all. I'm not right. mad at him. You know, I, honestly, if I'm he's Kirk Cousins, earned the right to make his own decision. Sure. But if I'm Kirk Cousins, like, so what are the options for him? Like, he's he's got Denver. He's going to have huge Denver, expectations Minnesota, in Denver. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota. I feel like even though it's it's obviously Minnesota went very far in the playoffs, mm -hmm. I don't feel like the expectations are the same as Denver. Um, it, oh, I it think just, they might be more I mean, they're, they're, in Minnesota. I, I understand. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own personal perspective. I think perspective they might be more in like, Minnesota because I just feel like they feel like, as a fan base, as a organization, look, we don't we we think Case Case Keenum is here, right? And we made it this far. We think you're here. We better at least make it this far. You know why I say that? Because I feel like uh, Denver has a more sense of more of a sense of urgency to win right now because their defense their is defense aging. is aging, and so yes, that's they why, got a lot of contracts like coming up. Yeah, he would have more pressure in Denver yeah. right now. Maybe a year or so from now would be different. But if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm going after the money. I'm going to the Jets. Yeah. Like whatever, make all the money. Uh, there's no expectations to be good. Sorry, Jets fans. I was Jet I was a Jet fan for a year. Uh, best year ever. Best year of Jason's career. Tell me I'm wrong. Went to the AFC Championship game, um, and I got to be a Rebel. I did. I was swinging the uh, – this is a terrible story. It was making me lose my Pittsburgh card. I was swinging Jason's uh, Jets jersey around like a terrible towel at Heinz Field. <laughs> it was not well received. Um, where do you think he ends up? I would personally like to see Kirk succeed because I like him. And, um, you know, I think Minnesota is probably a good place for him. I think Minnesota's a good place for him. I think Denver's a good place for him. Um, I do not want to see him in uh, in in New York with the Jets. I just don't. I just feel like me me being a fan of his, I want to see him succeed, and I feel like that's kind of like it's, it's going to be tough to uh, to succeed up there. It's going to be it's, it's going to be hard. Do you think if he goes to Denver, it make it makes them Super Bowl contenders? Like, does he put them? I mean, it's going to be hard to just get out of that division. Right. So, you know, that's the thing about football. It's so much parity that anybody can get beat any given Sunday. So that being said, should, so no should he just go? There's no shoe-in. He like, should go where he feels the most comfortable. At the end of the day, he's going to sign a long-term deal. Right. You know, he can't worry about 
X, Y, Z. He needs to figure out, hey, where am I going to be the most comfortable? Where is my family going to be the most comfortable? You know, I got to say, if my uh, general manager, it was the general manager, right? They called him Kurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get my name wrong, I'm going to have a tough time with that. <laughs> I mean, my name's Kirk, bro. Kurt. Kurt? Kurt? Kirk, Kirk. Kirk. Uh, so that's why he did the little little head shimmy. Some of it is just rub. accent, because you can say Kirk and Kirk. And, you know, I'm defending my guys, but you can say Kurt, 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 Kurt. All right. So, you know a little something about uh, wide receivers. Who is the best wide receiver in the NFL currently to you? Because he was healthy last year, I'm going to probably say Antonio Brown mm-hmm. is probably the the most complete wide receiver. If everyone was healthy. If you had to get off a bus and 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 and, and just be intimidated by a guy, it's probably going to be Julio Jones because um, they just don't grow 6'4", 220-pound yeah, receivers that run like that on trees. Um, but I, I'm an Odell Beckham fan as well. Like, some of these guys, everybody always asks me, who's the toughest receiver you've gone against? And I'm like, man. You can put about four or five of them in a bucket and pull any one of them out, and they will roast you and toast you and, you know, destroy your confidence. And those three guys I just named, Julio, uh, A.B., and Odell, all three of them do the same thing. They they make you, as a as a coordinator, they make you stay up at night trying to figure out, man, how can I stop this guy? Because they're the kind of players that, can take a slant route, which is a three, four-yard pass, 70, 80 yards. You know, I think the best comparison to uh, to a player like that is a guy on the defensive side of the ball. When Deion Sanders was at his peak at the cornerback position, teams were afraid of him not because they were scared he was going to intercept the ball. They knew that that was a high probability if they threw it that way. They were scared when he caught the interception how electric he was going to be with the ball, and it was probably going to get ran back for a touchdown. And so those those three guys, anytime they touch the ball, I know defensive coordinators stay up at night. Like, you know, I, I can remember a game playing against Odell and the coach like, look, I normally don't tell y'all to get inside leverage, but we're going to get inside leverage because if he catch this slant, he's probably going to split the defense and take it to the house. And we'll be watching highlights of him doing that. And so, um, you know, guys like that are are – the reason I'm saying I'm done, you know what I mean? Those guys, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite run like I used to. <laughs> I don't, I'm 14 years later, my body, I mean, I got up out the chair earlier, and I was, I had to get up in, in, in sections. Yeah, well, those chairs are very high, too. <laughs> I, have to, I have to literally get air to get in the, in the chairs in the studio. Do you think that Odell is a, is a diva? Um, I wouldn't say diva. Um, immature at times, yes, but we all were. Um, you know, I was, without a doubt. I'm sure a lot of other guys um, were, you know. I think he's such a such a star and such a polarizing uh, uh, figure that that people just all, I mean, they always see him. You know, no matter what he's doing, he's the center of attention. And so, you know, if he's in a different market, maybe that's not, you know, the situation. But just being in New York City and being the kind of, polarizing figure he is I I think it gets perceived as being a diva but that dude I mean most divas or guys you consider divas are soft um, 
don't really compete. And that's like totally not him. You know, if anything, he's a hothead. I don't know, a hothead diva. Like, that. like, to me, a diva I mean, wide receiver is like T.O., uh, Randy Moss. Like, the, like, like, I wouldn't consider Jerry Rice a diva wide receiver. I mean, he's the GOAT, so like. Whatever, but I'm just saying, like he to me, Odell is a is a diva, but that's not a bad thing. I love diva wide receivers. I think they're good for the league. I think all personalities are are good for the league. So I I love Odell, but I don't know about the. I, I don't go as far as soft. I don't, I, don't, I don't call somebody soft unless I really feel like they're soft. I don't think Odell is soft. No, nah, absolutely but, not. But is it easy to get to him because he's such an emotional guy? Like if you're like yeah a little bit, and you get in him. I've never gotten gotten into it with him. Um, but just watching him and Josh kind of interact. Right. Um, but they got a, you know, they got a different relationship, <laughs> you know, than most people. I don't see him doing that all the time, but, you know, with certain guys, Odell does kind of, you know, I feel like he plays into that. You know what I mean? He tries to get that DB going, 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 because I think it's a front for him. I don't think he really genuinely feels the way he does sometimes, but I do think sometimes his emotions get the best of him. Right. Like hitting the, you know, the kicking net and, you know, hitting him back. Um, God, I think so that funny. was just his emotions. It's but great, It's such great video. I don't think he was really that bothered by what happened. Obviously, he's a competitor. He wants to win. Right. And so, you know, he came to the sideline a little bit emotional. But, um, you know, I don't view him as a diva, but maybe I just, you know, maybe our definitions right. are, are a little different. Can't be in your mentions, Odell. That's what it is. Can't let him get to you. Also, when you punch something, you got to be ready for a counterpunch. That's like... Bob and Weed, yeah. It's coming coming back. Uh, Speaking of being in your mentions, Des Bryant uh, got very emotional about a uh, a post that he put up. Obviously, he's made it pretty obvious he wants to stay in Dallas. He wants to be paid a certain amount of money. He really hasn't been putting up the production that he needs to put up for that amount of money. If we're just talking business... Uh, I don't know his relationship is with Jerry. Jerry likes box office, and Dez is a big name. But do you think that Dez uh, will stay in Dallas? And if he does stay in Dallas, does he stay in the same role he is in now? Or does he need to, like, evolve a little bit, get that Larry Fitzgerald type of play going on? I mean, I definitely think he needs to evolve. Um, but I don't know if he's uh, – I'm not going to say smart enough, but I don't know if he's uh, at peace with that. Right. You know, I don't know if he's willing to say, hey, I know I'm not the kind of player I was three, four years ago, or my numbers di- show that I'm not. I've been hurt a little bit, and, you know, I just, I'm not as productive as I once was. And so, you know, someone needs to sit down and have that real conversation with him, and I don't think he wants to hear that. I think he's the kind of player that always feels like he can do anything. Um, you know, myself, I think. I'm a realist. I've always been a realist. I'm the guy that's going to tell you, try to keep it as real with you as possible, whether you like it or you don't, whether it's involving me or not. That's just how I'm, I've, I've always been. And so when I decided to move from corner to safety, it was like, hey, I can't do what I used to do. Like, I'd be fooling myself to think I, I can. So I moved to safety. Now, I'm about to retire, I'm like, I can't really do what I used to do at safety. It's time for me to go. I'm not just going to keep trying to hang on. I can still do it. Yes, I can. 
bro, no, you can't. Like, did you see yourself? Like, you can't do it. Well, you all and so for him, he careers. has to. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but for him, he has to really just look in the mirror and say, hey, it's not personal. Right. It, it, it's not personal. I can't do X, Y, Z and and try to change and evolve. You know, Dez has never been a uh, the best route runner, um, really the best receiver. I think Dez gets off on being a a a great football player. And I've kind of said that earlier about guys. I'll take a football player over a guy who can just do one thing any day of the week. And and Dez is a football player, so he's a guy I want on my team. Not for $11 million. Just the production just doesn't warrant $11 million. And, you know, you talk about roles. The role I would like to see him in is a role where he doesn't need to be the fastest guy. He can get in there, use his body, use his his shiftiness in the slot. But Dallas has a guy in Cole Beasley they've had for a long time who, though doesn't bring the same playmaking ability that Dez brings, is still a really good player. Right. And if we're talking about production versus pay, I, you know, I don't know what Dez would want to go down from $11 million to, but it's probably going to be more than you're paying Cole Beasley right now to do, you know, essentially the same thing. And so, um, you know, that organization has a has a big decision to make. Dez has a big decision to make. Is it worth me staying in Dallas and keeping my legacy going? Or, hey, do I want to go somewhere else and start over? And so, you know, I think I think he's going to have a lot of suitors out there if it comes to that. Um, but it's just, I mean, Dez has to sit down and figure out, hey, is it smart to take this pay cut and stay here in a system I know and coaches that know me? I don't have to relearn guys and they right. don't have to relearn me. You know, it's value in all of that. It's just trying to figure out what Dez puts that value at. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, if I'm Dez, I'm, I'm going to try my best to stay in Dallas just because of the, the familiarity. You've got Jerry. There's no other owner in sports like Jerry, and he he loves you. And Jerry takes care of and his Jerry guys. Takes care at some of you. point, and, when and Dez point, is done, right? At one point, you're not going to be playing football uh -huh, anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone in Dallas loves you, and especially if you take a pay cut, you're talking about like how much money is really going to make a difference in your life. You take a pay cut to to for comfort. You go somewhere else. Also, there's going to be crazy expectations of you no matter what. Like mm -hmm. look what happened with Adrian Peterson. And I don't know if he regrets that move, but there's expectations of you and you're now you're moving all over the country, you know, like to me, it just doesn't take less money, stay where you are and be comfortable. Yeah. But if you believe you can still do that, uh, then you better go do it. Cause yeah, you got to show not gonna it. Be Cowboys yeah. fans backing you up anymore. Um, speaking of personalities, uh, so there's a lot that went on with the NFL last year. Um, you know, protests, there was a situation with Zeke. It was just like a lot of headlines going on. And, uh, like to me, the the way that the NBA handles its players and handles controversy is like such a stark contrast to the way that the NFL does. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like you could the NFL could ever get to a point where it empowers its players the way that the NBA does? Mm. Can they get to a point where they do that? Absolutely. Will they ever? Nah. What is the thing? For, what what are I mean, the things they, preventing that from happening? They enjoy. I'm, well, I shouldn't even say they enjoy. Um, the NFL is kind of built on the shield, the team. Uh, you know, is about the team, is about that logo. Whereas in the NBA, it's more about the star, the player. Um, you know, 
as crazy as it sounds, just being able to go in there and wear your socks at a, at a certain height, you know, in the NBA, you got guys who like them long. You got guys who like them short. You got guys who like them different colors or, you know, whatever, whatever, different arm sleeves, you know. In the NFL, if your socks are not where they're supposed to be uniform-wise, it's, it's a fine, right. you know. <laughs> and so it NFL, they take the being an individual out of it. You know, the individuality in the NFL is 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 not there. It's 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 uniform. It's we want everybody the same. And that's what kind of hurts the player because you don't get to see, you know, how is this guy really? And then we're in helmets, so you you know you really don't even know. It's guys I I played against for years, and I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> like I'm seeing a guy, and I'm like, hey. Who is that? Well, I, you know, I meet somebody. Hey, what's going on? Da, 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 da. Oh, man, that's what you look like. Okay, cool, man. It's good <laughs> to meet you. But it's just crazy. And you can go to the 12th guy on the bench in the NBA, and you probably man. know what he looks like, you know? And so I wish we as NFL players got an opportunity to show who we are and be more marketable and just let our personalities show. Some of us do. It costs us money. But some of us do. I was a guy who always had to wear different socks and long socks and, you know, shoes, different shoes that weren't, well, you can't wear that. It's too much black in that shoe. It's too much white in that shoe. Man, just find me, dude. I don't even care. Like, at this point, I'm trying to look sweet. Like, Monday night games were the game. Like, them primetime games were the games you were like, you know what? I'm taking this fine just because I want to wear my shield. I want to wear my socks. Yeah. And so it's, it's whack that we have to do that. But at the same time, it's, it's about money. And so for them, they don't mind us doing it as long as they get to find us and they get to take the money. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I don't even know how the, much uh, fine money I've yeah. paid over the years. You probably don't want to think about it. <laughs> you probably don't want to think about it. <laughs> In like two years, you'll be like, uh, did I really need those socks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I was later in my career. I'm like, man, look, dude, I'm, I'm trying to get away with it as much as I can, but... Yeah, I'm 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 cool on the all all solid color socks. And I all feel that like stuff. the NBA is just ahead of it um, because the the climate has changed because of social media. So, like to me, kids don't kids like I'm talking about actual kids. Like I'm 31, so I almost call myself 30. Oh my god, I'm 31. Um, kids, kids, they they they're watching YouTube all day long. Like their their stars to them are are like YouTube stars. Mm -hmm. They're all on Instagram. Like being an individual is the way that you market yourself right now, and that that is what brings fans to the game. And the NBA has just dominated social media to me. Like, I, I feel like the NFL is behind in that. And I I get what like I don't I don't even actually have a problem with the uniform thing. Just aesthetically, I understand what you're saying with the NBA, but that, that's just like what you're used to in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I'm way into the cleats though. I like the different cleats. I think that that's like an easy way to like show individuality without changing everything up. But that aside, I just feel like some of the issues that the, the issues that the NFL had last year would have been eliminated if they just empowered players to speak their mind. Everybody doesn't have the same opinion on everything, but it doesn't have to be this hostile like situation. And that's also a, a reflection of society right now. Like if you don't agree with me, like you're just wrong. We're not even gonna have a conversation about it. I feed into that as well. I don't. I mean, I'm right about everything, so it doesn't matter. But. <laughs> You know, that's that's the attitude that everybody has now. So, like, to me, the NBA empowering players to have a voice, uh, that alone just, just sets a different tone for the whole league. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and a lot of that has to do with 
the guys who are in leadership in the NBA are your stars. They are yeah. your LeBrons. They're your your Chris Pauls. Um, you know, uh, Steph Curry. These guys are like player reps. Whereas in the NFL, no offense to these guys, but uh, you know, it's your kickers, it's your long snappers, it's your guys who really don't have the most powerful voice in the locker room. Yeah, Tom Brady's not out there campaigning. For yeah, the, uh, yeah, and so. The, you know, that's kind of the campaign. difference. And and when your leaders, they're leaders for a reason. When your leaders are feeling a certain way and, and vocalizing one thing, the guys get behind them. They've, they've gotten behind LeBron. They've gotten behind Chris Paul and a lot of these other guys. And so, um, you know, it's easy to get behind a leader than right. it is a guy who's, the kicker. no offense, but, you know, just another guy. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, would you like to know, before we move on to the fan questions, and you can put the fan questions in the comment section for D'Angelo, would you like to know how much you paid in fines? Oh, y'all got that number? Yeah, we have researchers around here. Oh, that's it? $117,306. Oh, I don't think I don't think I don't think that's counting team fines. One year I was fined hundred grand for uh, uh, cussing out Bobby Petrino Man. on the sideline. <laughs> And, and heck, I was fined fifty grand for the altercation in Pittsburgh one year, getting thrown out. So, I don't know if that's totally accurate. That might just be my sock that's fine. That's just his sock. <laughs> that's the NFL fines? fines. Okay, because some of those were team fines too. So, you're very cool about this. I, I mean, I can't get it back now. Do you gamble? A little bit. Okay, see. Yeah. I'm starting see, not to though. I'm starting not to. I don't gamble. Post playing career, like, I'm starting money not to. Me, I, when I gamble, I have like this. I take out this much money. Okay, see this right here? Yeah, you win $25 and you quit. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. No, because if I... I got to no, keep no, going. No, no, because my mentality is I'm like, I'm paying for entertainment, right? Like, if I spend $500 on tickets for something, mm -hmm. then I'm paying for that. So if I, mm -hmm. if I take out however much amount of money I want to gamble, if I lose that, I'm cool with that. If I lose more than that, I'm not going to be cool with that. Okay, so you set a limit. Now, have you ever set that limit and come back, like, like set that limit, but you were doing good, and then you mm -hmm. kind of went down and lost it, and then mm -hmm. you're like, dude, I... I can get them. No. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Once it was. No, 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 no. See, <laughs> see, see, that's, that's, that's where you go wrong. That's the you're not going to get back. When you get down, know, that's where you lose. Because then you start losing, and then you're like, oh, what happened? That's I lost 10 grand. I, yeah, I was just you, right you, there. You, you, you got to keep going. No. You know? Mm -hmm. Like shooting a shot. Hey, I can hit that no. shot. Give me the ball again. And you shoot it again. Double it. Double or nothing. And you shoot it again. I'm not a shooter. Triple it. Triple it. Bring it back over here. And you shoot it again. I'm a shooter. I'm a shooter. I'm not shooting the shot. You miss every shot you don't shoot. So I'm shooting. Okay. Well, I'm shooting. I'm shooting. Now, you don't necessarily make every shot you shoot. I have an extreme advantage in the casino. Why is that? Well, I'm a girl. Is she telling me she a well, card? No, no, I'm something? saying no. Uh, when we, it's, it's disappointing when we leave the table. Okay, You're just like put some of my throw you a couple chips. Let's get you to hang around. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. You don't have that yeah. experience, I'm sure. Nah. No one's ever given you money to stay and gamble. Nah. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not such a bad life, uh, especially at the craps table. Never want. You never want the woman to walk away from the craps table. It's bad luck. All right. Uh, this is from John. What do you think about Darius Geis? Okay, I got some things to say. Let me get together. What do you think about Darius Geis being asked if he likes men? If you don't know the story, Darius Geis uh, from LSU said in an uh, interview yesterday that when he was being interviewed by some teams at, uh, at the NFL Combine, one of the teams asked him if he likes men, uh, and the other team, another team asked him uh, if his mother sells herself. 
your thoughts. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't believe those words came out of anybody's mouth. Well, you should, because it's been happening since, like, I, think, I, mean, I mean, okay, the first question, you know, the first question, as, as inappropriate as it is, we've, we've, we've already heard teams ask that question. But, you know, to ask somebody if their mother sells themselves. But Jeff Ireland asked Des Bryant that at the Combine in 2010. I, I, I've never heard that. You didn't? I've never oh, heard yes. that. That Jeff, is news Jeff Ireland, to me. Jeff Ireland, who I, I had to experience with the Dolphins for, for many years, was lovely. He uh, he asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. And what was Des's reaction? I don't know I don't know exactly what his reaction okay, was. Okay, because I'm trying to figure out. I can tell you, if I'm out. in an interview and you ask me if my mama sells herself, there better be a big-ass sable between us. And you better have a real fast first step because I'm quick. So you better be you better be ready to like. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, in the football, you know, in the National Football League, all I care about is a dude who's gonna help us win and make plays. I don't care about what he likes. Um, and so, you know, maybe I'm naive, but that guy's a hell of a running back. A, a guy I would take on my team any day if you like guys or not. And so. Um, he can play football. And at the end of the day in the National Football League, you'll have a job if you can play football. And so for teams to ask those kind of questions, it's just it's not professional at all. You know, we, we, we talk about the NFL being, being uh, you know, a business that cares about the shield and the team logos and not so much about the names on the back of jerseys, um, you know, the product. And for them to allow coaches or organizations to ask these type of questions – is you know it's jeopardizing you know the product because you know people aren't going to get behind organizations and teams who you know continue to disrespect people like that. I, I can't. I can't even. My brain cannot process it. I don't even understand it. Like you're talking to a grown man, you're going to ask him if his mom's a prostitute. Yeah. Oh, you asked the wrong person. Like you, you're not going to make it out that room. Yeah. It ain't no telling what would have happened. Somebody <laughs> asked me that question. I don't question. even. Like, that's bold. I really want to know who asked that. that is, there's a bold that's a bold person right there. That's crazy to me. And the way that he presented it was that like they're trying to see how he reacts to uh I guess, you know, a, a challenging question, like see if he get if he's like an emotional reactor to questions. I don't know a reporter who is wild enough to walk up to someone and say, "Is your mama a prostitute?" I don't personally know any of them. Uh, maybe you guys do, but that's not you're not going to keep your job as a reporter doing that. Yeah. Uh, and you're certainly not going to keep it asking someone if they are. Nah, kudos, kudos to that kid to 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 sit in there, take those questions, and and just I'm sure he because I saw his interview about you know when he was talking about it, and you know he didn't seem very phased by it. So kudos but I don't to that think kid. That's okay, to just, though. No, like, I, don't I don't think it's okay. Like, I, it's good because for him that he handled that. I probably and not, would have gotten up and walked out like. You're also better than me. Like, come on. I might come be violent. On, I, but here's are you the thing. Me? I don't, I just don't, like, I, I don't appreciate the excuses for this. Because this has been going on since 2010. And the only reason I, I get uh, get triggered by this is, like, other other organizations, you can't even ask someone how old they are. Mm. And you going into, a, essentially, a job interview, yeah. asking someone what yeah. their sexual preference is? Like, for what? Okay, so let's just break this down for a second. Yeah, in a real job let's, interview, yeah, absolutely. You oh, excuse me, what did so, you just ask me? Oh, thank yeah. you so much. I don't have to work here anymore yeah. because now I get to sue you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't have to get hit by a bus today. I get to sue you. Thank you. I appreciate that. What's your name? Thank you. Where's your HR department? Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Here's my number. Um, I'm not going to call you from it. My lawyer will be calling you, though. Thank you very much. What I don't like about it is, what's your excuse for it? Like, it, so if he is uh, a homosexual... 
then is he off yeah, the board? Yeah, are you so, not so, going to okay, draft so him? That's, or that's if you are, answer? discrimination. Oh, so it's like, discrimination. Yeah, yeah. And if it's, it's like if you're asking him to see how he it's acts It's so many hot-button topics around that that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just asinine for somebody to ask a question like that. It's ridiculous, and uh, they, they they sent the uh, Falcons coach that did it to Eli Apple two years ago to sensitivity training. So probably, you know, maybe just – Come up with a different plan. Wrist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think they got to do something about it now because it's been going on for too long. Anyway, so I, that would bother me. Uh, this is from Ashley. Are you wearing? <laughs> okay. See? All right. I got you, Ash. I'm going to remember you did this. Uh, this is from Ashley. Are you wearing a rubber silicone wedding ring? Yes, I am. Okay. Rubber silicone. Yes. The, so I have a theory about this. Uh, okay. Tell me your theory. I have a theory about this. And I'm going to tell you my wife's theory. Go ahead. uh, Oh, no, 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 no. No, I actually think that those are are very smart because they're very affordable. Yeah, but I still have all the expensive ones. So Yeah, yeah, but like like, when you go to the gym, they're very functional. Yeah. Um, I I am divorced, but I once had a silicone wedding ring. But I... My theory on this is that if you are a franchise quarterback, you you can't wear the silicone wedding ring. You can't win like that. Why not? It's just, you can't do it. You can't do it. I'm, I'm waiting for the franchise quarterback that's won a Super Bowl with the Silicon Wedding Ring. As of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I've yet to be proven wrong. I, I mean, I just haven't looked at the quarterback's fingers. Um, well, but you know what? You know where this came from? Andy Dalton started this. Started what? Because Andy Dalton was wearing the, the, um, the Silicon Wedding Ring on, um, hard, was, it, was it on Hard Knocks? Is that where he was? I think it was on Hard Knocks. Yeah. Huh, I mean, I've had a silicone yeah, ring one. for, gosh, but you're not years. No, you're not I'm a not a quarterback, but that doesn't mean I can't start a trend. Right. But well, but just playing fine. just playing football, your fingers everyone. get jammed up. I've had I've had. Do you wear it when you play? Yes, I've had two rings cut off, because if you can see, my knuckles are so jammed up that. Bone broke through the skin. The, that, that finger. Yes, it go goes that way. way. You should see Tory Holt's hand. But yes, yes, you talk about. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they are perfectly acceptable. It's for hard out there. Who is not a franchise quarterback. It's hard out there, and so you know you gotta have comfort. And I mean, even lifting. You know, I lifted before in a ring. Well, me and my wife went to this ninja warrior obstacle course on a date night mm-hmm. with, with, with some of our friends that is intense and i had a i had a nice beautiful uh ring on and uh you know i'm jumping on the bars and i'm swinging and i'm going to the next thing and i'm like i'm pretty good at this and i'm like ah you know i come down the ring had ripped literally all my skin off and i'm like yo i can't wear this ring you know what i mean and then and it took me an like, hour uh, to get uh, it yes, off. Yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> then it took me an hour to get the ring off. And I was like, you know what? It, it just has to be an easier way. And at first, we I actually had a metal ring that had a clamp. So you could kind of unclamp it. And, it, you know, it yeah. made it easy. But it's so many times just working out, um, you know, because you forget, I mean, you know, to take a ring off, put it on, you know, when you're lifting, when you're playing. Yeah, I have You know, one. it's just too much. I, I get it. And so all, this, my, you can just. It's, it's all, it's only it's, applies it's, it's to franchise quarterbacks. It's constantly on. I, it only applies to franchise but, quarterbacks. But why? If this is my theory. I just, I just, I just think you can't have it. Why? First of all, just because you take the wedding ring off does not mean you're not married. Okay. Exactly. We, we yeah. know that you're married, Kirk. Yeah. Okay. We know you're married, Andy. 
All right, no one's coming for you in the in, within the gridiron. You're safe. Okay? They don't take them off. The reason they wear them is is because they don't have to take them off. When you have this on, there that, there is saying, never Tom Brady a need is to take it off. To Giselle, he doesn't wear a silicone wedding ring, and he's the, does he even wear a wedding ring? I, I'm sure he wears it when he's not uh, when he's not beating everybody's head in. Uh, moving along. Thank you for that, Ashley. I appreciate that. Um, All right. That's my theory. When, I, when I'm wrong, when not I'm, everybody I'm, sure else every, I'm sure everyone, well, except yeah. for this year. Yeah, except uh, for, yeah, Philly. Okay, right. so uh, we're going to do the emoji game real quick. Do we, how much time do we have? We have we're wrapping up soon? Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll do this really quickly. Um, you, are you an emoji guy? I get to grab my emoji. Sometimes. I, you know, I have kids, and so, you know, they send them to me, and so, I, you know, I feel kind of obligated to send them back. Mm. Yeah. But I'm not a guy who's, you know, having not, a conversation like, Oh, no, he did, you know. Nah, yeah. nah, I'm not an emoji. Okay, so emoji Baker initiated. Mayfield, who I love. Okay. Um, anon- I, I, I like him, too. Um, I like him, too. An anonymous NFL head coach from the Combine said he is cocky, over-the-top cocky. Okay. I'm going to go with 100. Uh, we know he's cocky. Why is this news to anyone? So am I trying to prove this? or am I, I mean, what your am I- emotional, your emoji response to that statement. To the guy saying that? Yes. Bull poop, why? Crap. Crap? Because, I mean, I'm not trying to hear that, man. At the end of the day, <laughs> come on, man. Let Baker, let, let him Baker be live. him. Yeah, let him be him, man. I'm not, I'm not supporting that. But he is cocky. But, you know, like I said earlier, if he was a corner, we'd be like, that's oh, yeah. what I want. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. since he's a quarterback, you want him to act a certain way and look a certain way. And Nah, man. I let love the, it. The, dude, to, the, the, the dude's a football him. player. He wins football games, and I like him. Uh, Tom Brady, the final installment of Tom vs. Time, will release Monday, noon Eastern, on Facebook Watch. I will be watching that. Uh, the delay is because they thought they were going to win the Super Bowl, so they had to recut it. Um, Tom Brady is using the Super Bowl as a lesson for his upset children. Upset children. So the first time I've seen my kids react in that way, Benny was crying, Vivi was crying, and they were sad for me. He said, he's using it as a great lesson. We don't always win. We try our best, and sometimes it doesn't go the way we want. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with this one because even though Tom is handling it that way, that's not how Giselle handled it. Giselle said, sometimes you have to let the other team win. Mm. That ain't how it happened. Uh, so I'm gonna go with this one. Okay. You got to poop. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm, I'm thinking from a standpoint of Tom saying this to his kids, Hey, you know, this is a learning experience. Only a guy who has five Super Bowl rings would look at it like that. Right, correct. And he is extremely blessed. Yes. Only a guy who wife's makes uh, about fifty million more than him a year. I think it's more year. than that. I, I think like two hundred more. <laughs> uh, well, a year uh, would 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 have that take. Sure. So if I'm Tom Brady, this is me after the game. Um, you know, obviously I want to win, guys. But at the end of the day, I got five, and I'm gonna probably yeah. get two more. He can be so. right. All right, before we let you go, last one. Uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said, the best story I heard from the NFL Combine, speaking of winning and not winning, a small group of former Browns coaches held a fired Browns coaches party (laughs) at a local restaurant in Indy. Oh, so good. Um, I love it. I wasn't there for that, but. I love it. I mean, that's, listen, you know, people connect for different reasons. You got fired for being a Browns coach, you got to stick together. It's like a support group. Former Browns support group. Fire Browns coaching support group party. Uh, I'm just going to say 100, man. Let's have fun with that, you know? I'm sure they all had a good time. I'm sure it was a lot of them. I'm sure that tab was, that tab was pretty high. So uh, 
a hundred, and I'm glad I did not have to uh, pay that tab yeah. because it's a lot of them. I'm hoping uh, Baker does not go there. That would be. Well, no, nah, Baker, they're not going to do that again because he's getting compared to Manziel. Um, thank you so much for joining us. No Appreciate problem. it. It was a good no time. Uh, catch us next time. D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> and make sure you follow us on all our social pages at Maven Crazy Pot. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy.